Hello there, you're listening to the Watson's Daily Podcast with me, Peter Watson, on Tuesday the 9th of August. Today I am joined by Duncan Balkan, who is a Watson's Daily Ambassador. Hi there, oh, God. Hi there Duncan, sorry I didn't have any voice there. Um, That's a good start. I, and I've not, not even got the excuse, you know that thing where you have like the first person you speak to during the day, sometimes you, you can't quite get your voice out, I haven't even got that excuse, um, but anyway, um, how are you today, you alright? Yeah, I'm very well thanks, uh, other than having no voice, how are you? Yeah, yeah, good, yeah, good, thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, so anyway, um, what story did you uh, find uh, that stood out for you today in Watson's Daily? Yes, yeah, so I, I picked out a story from the Telegraph today, um, mm. <laughs> talking about flying taxis. Awesome! Oh, I love a nice like, like futuristic story. Yeah. Um, so this is um, a prototype flying taxi. Um, it's been designed in Bristol. Good news. Hey. By a company called Vertical Aerospace, and they're going to start doing test flights at up to two hundred miles an hour. Which that's is insane, awesome. isn't it? No, nice slow test miles flights. An hour. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, sorry. Go on. No, that's fine. No, and, and these taxis, well, these vehicles, I guess, are designed to carry uh, four four passengers plus a pilot up to mm-hmm. 100 miles. Yeah. So they've already got customers on board, like American Airlines, Virgin, uh, well, uh, mm-hmm. and they've apparently got 1,400 orders on the books, which yeah. is, I think, interesting. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> just interesting in the first place. Um, yeah. But they've also got um, deals um, to deliver a carbon air ambulance version. Yeah. Um, to sell to 999 services in the military. Yeah. Um, and that's the bit I find really interesting because to mm-hmm. me, I, it sounds exciting. I'm not sure how well a, a flying taxi would work in for, for your average person. Um, I get yeah. if you want to flex and turn up to a, a high, high rating business meeting in one, that might look good. Yeah. But we were talking earlier, and if you were going to a, a car, a, an everyday meeting in a town where you live, say, or, or it better better example in london yeah. how on earth are you going to park a flying taxi yeah in the middle of central london yeah so skeptical on that one however exciting it is but i feel like this this potential kind of 999 and military application mm. is a lot more exciting mm. um, particularly kind of you want to get goods to a, a middle of a battlefield or mm. like i said like i said air ambulances mm. um if you can't get a helicopter somewhere actually 100 mile range is quite a lot yeah well, the, the, the other issue is you obviously need a qualified pilot, I'd imagine. Mm, so you're mm. still facing some of the same issues. Mm. Uh, I just think I think it's an exciting kind of move in terms of yeah. you know where taxis are going, going, going mm. towards the flying thing. Not sure, a little bit sceptical. Um, but yeah, I, I find it really interesting. What's, what's your take on this one? Yeah, it's a great story. Interesting. Like the fact that it's made by a company in Bristol. Um, I think that, yes, I mean, I really don't believe that we're going to see um flying taxis for years because i don't think that i just don't think they're practical um and mm. un- un- you know the only way they would be really practical is if they could be very very small um because um you can't you know it, these things they they look like you couldn't say for instance if you had a meeting in west in the west end of london or something you couldn't yeah. just fly in and then, you know, um, land in, in, on the on the road just outside um, the the office or something. You know, I think you with something like this, it looks to me like you'd have to land on essentially a helipad. Um, and, you know, how many of them are around uh, knocking around? So I don't know. I mean, I think the practicalities of it as a, as a day to day taxi are mm-hmm. just way, way weird. We are way off that. 
Well, um, yeah, particularly if, even if they made them small enough, they could land in a standard parking space and not need the helipad. Yeah. You then have to surely go through re-educating every road yeah. user because otherwise you're yeah. on one of those forest bikes or an yeah. e-scooter through London. Yeah. So you have a taxi trying to land over your shoulder. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, also, you think that whatever you do, you're going to have something that has kind of wings on it, doesn't it? So even if you could land it, you'd have to do something with the, I mean, I don't know. Anyway, the thing is, I think that they're just not practical for normal usage. However, um, I do think say an air ambulance isn't, is a great idea. Hmm. Um, if it can, obviously it looks to me like the, these things are smaller than, um, than a, than a helicopter. So, hmm. um, that might be useful. Um, and, um, and you know, nine 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 services again. I think could be good. I mean, I suppose air surveillance. Like if you're following, um, you know, like it, there's a car chase or something like that, and you're following someone, I yeah. can imagine that would be quite good as well. Um, but I just think you'd have to be almost like a super pilot, really, because if you if you ever fly through um, urban areas, you know, you're going to have to be very aware. Of, of how to fly in a built-up environment, I would have thought. But um, but anyway, it, it sounds really cool. Um, I think, like I say, it's sound, it sounds interesting, but not very practical. And yeah, and uh, maybe it will do well in less built-up countries. You know, maybe it will do better in in um, I don't know. I mean, maybe it will do better in the states um, where it's you know when they're not quite as built up. Well. They are in certain cities, obviously, even more built up than they are over here. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I suppose get, getting between two cities that aren't mm. that far apart in yeah. American standards, by yeah. American standards, might be might be an option then, mm. because you know you can drive two and a half hours and still be yeah. in the same city. Well, what so, about what about? I'm actually just had a thought there. What about? Maybe this is to do with the fact that we were talking about farming yesterday. But um, like, if you were a farmer in the outback, you know, your farm yeah, I mean, is probably absolutely massive and something like this would be probably quite good um yeah. i would have thought um, yeah i suppose that depends how how easy it would be to be able to be qualified as a pilot on one doesn't it yeah if full card commercial airline pilot license mm. and maybe not but if they manage to make mm. it in a way that it's fairly automated and actually it's a lower level qualification you need yeah. to pilot one of these yeah yeah brilliant application yeah. of it yeah, no, absolutely. So, so yeah, that, uh, that was my favourite story. Good stuff, good stuff. <laughs> I, like, I like a nice futuristic, futuristic one. Um, what okay. was your favourite story today? Uh, well, my favourite story today um, was all about, it was actually um, a story that mentioned um, Berenberg, which is a German investment bank. Maybe a lot of people who listen to this podcast will not have heard of it, but it is a good company. It is very well thought of. Um, in fact, I, I know people who I've worked with people who work there and have worked there in the past. Um, and, you know, I, I mean, the, it's a yeah, it's a good shop, basically. Uh, well, sorry, when I say shop, I mean investment bank. Sorry. Yeah. So it's a good place. Um, what they're doing is they are cutting staff numbers by five over five percent. Uh, the reason being that deal making is losing momentum. So, you know, M&A isn't doing quite as well as it was say this time last year um this always happens right this always happens um what deal flows so m&a activity investment banks earn an absolute fortune um on on this stuff um and so when things are going great they're loving it 
you know they're making yeah. absolutely loads of money however um uh, when it goes down things are really bad i mean i i remember when i where i was uh worse particularly at casanova because um you know i was in a live marketing with casanova but um they if you notice that you're that one way we used to think we used to know about how well our company was doing was noticing how often they were going to the gym uh, at lunchtime because they would only go to the gym when there was nothing on so we would be asking we'd be asking our colleagues or we like asking if you've been to the gym recently and if they were sort of going oh yeah no i've been going oh it's been really great i've been going every lunchtime for that and then you think oh okay bonus is going to be bad then uh because because um because they haven't got any deals on right so um i know that's a very that's a very unofficial way of being but that's what you used to do like if if you noticed they were going to the gym all the time or you noticed they were in there um then then because you were in the gym then you think oh no this isn't good um so anyway i think that um uh deal making has lost uh has lost momentum um i think they're quite early i think they're one of the first ones to actually announce stuff like this um but i do think that this could be the 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 breaking of the seal potentially because i think that there that others will be finding the same thing and if that is the case there will be more um there will be more redundancies to cut and another way another i mean this is i'm sorry about this if anyone's offended by this but this is it's is very blunt assessment but um investment banks pretty ruthless and uh what tends to happen is from now on from now to the end of the year is when um investment banks decide on the size of the bonus pool right so uh, again for those of you who don't know mostly uh in term if you are working in investment banking whether that is as a like in advisory function or trader or whatever it is you you get a good salary but you mm-hmm. really what really what you want is a massive bonus yeah and so what tends to happen is the bosses all kind of start thinking from now to the end of the year as to what the size of the bonus pool is going to be. And then they start thinking, who can we kick out of the bonus pool? <laughs> because um, they want to make sh- to maximize the amount of money that the people that they rate are going to get. Um, yeah. That sounds really brutal, but it is basically like that. Uh, and so what then tends to happen is you start getting redundancies going into the end of the year with the idea being that they clear the decks um, for next year, when they can't end of this year, beginning of next year, when they announce the bonuses um, and then they usually pay them in like March or something like that. Um, So in this case, I think that they are starting pretty early, but I would imagine that they are, you know, this will break the seal and there'll be the others as well. And there'll be unfortunately lots of, People who've been working very hard and and uh, and things, who will be on the scrap heap, unfortunately, and that is tricky when you're potentially going into a downturn. Yeah, well, like you say, it sounds horribly brutal, doesn't it, for anyone that's yeah. not got any experience in the industry? But you've got yeah. to remember that actually, these people are playing with and competing for really big sums of money. Yeah. So yeah. actually, from and I'm not going to try and justify the way they do this, but from yeah. a firm's perspective, you can't really afford to have everything on. Is mm. not delivering with the amount of money they, de- amount of money mm. they deal with. Mm. But the way, the, like said, the way you just described that and the way, obviously, essentially eliminating people from that bonus pool in advance, mm. it does sound brutal. Mm. 
but I guess yeah. you, you get a you get get a payback and be, and benefits that kind of match the yeah. the risk you take of being involved in that industry. That is true. That is true. So yes. So anyway, I mean, it's a very um, it is a very brutal industry, um, and I think that this could be the beginning of more because I don't see the macro environments improving to the extent that there's going to be um, a lot of MA suddenly starting. Um, yeah. So uh, so yes, it'll be interesting. I I mean, I think. It's not just the investment banks that will suffer either. It's those involved in the whole advisory thing. So potentially lawyers and things could um, Mm. be part of this. Although you could also argue that lawyers can almost be redeployed potentially or are more likely to be redeployed um, in different areas. Whereas I think investment bankers, you're, you're kind of, you're kind of specialist in this one area and it would it'd be very rare for you to transfer across I, mm. I don't think I've ever seen it actually um you know in my time in the city I don't think I've ever seen anyone say transfer from M&A to do something um well no I have I have seen a couple of them have gone on to do things like being economists and stuff but it's extremely rare but uh, but anyway, um, but there you go. So I mean, that's um, a, a bit of a bit of a downer if you are uh, an investment banker. But um, yeah, you know these things happen. You know the risks when you go in, and yeah, that's 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 why they get paid the big bucks. Um, I say it's a downer for some, but for the ninety-five percent that don't get cold. Yeah. bonus. So yeah, there we go. There we go. <laughs> exactly. Um, so there we go. So I guess. We might as well just end it on that today. But yeah. um, but anyway, um, thank you very much, as always, um, for your time and uh, and insight, of course. Uh, and thank you very much for listeners for listening. Um, we'll be back again tomorrow uh, with more exciting stuff. And uh, bid you a good day. Many thanks. That's not Peter. All right. Bye. Bye.